You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. I'm riding on my bike. I'm going round the block. No, I can't cross the road. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm so happy here. Good morning. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Show for Monday, the 31st of August 2020, the last day of winter. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the previous hour of current affairs. My name's Chris, and on today's show, I am uh, going to be speaking to Zoe McMaster. She was previously involved with SUSTRANS, but their behaviour changed as a healthy streets officer. More or less what's missing in Australia in terms of the, the work that needs to be done between councils and road authorities, and those things I think, you know, have kind of gone missing and well, were never properly established and need to be established. Okay, a bit of news and events. A fantastic uh, media release that came out on Friday from uh, Vic Health and Vic uh, was with footpaths and bike lanes are key to active travel post coronavirus. Health promotion agency Vic Health is applauding Victorian agencies for creating pop up cycle lanes and footpaths so that locals can easily travel by bike or by foot when coronavirus restrictions ease. And this comes as a new Vic Health survey reveals that three in four Victorians, and that's 76%, want local and state governments to adapt infrastructure so that more people can walk and ride. 1,000 Victorians were polled about their attitudes and behaviours towards travel before, during and after coronavirus restrictions. It should be actually interesting if they update this for when... um, Stage four here is lifted in the first, I think, after a fortnight in September. Back to the article. One in three Victorians, 35%, plan to travel more by foot or bike than they did pre-coronavirus restrictions ease. But safety was a barrier for many. Very fascinating. Uh, It goes into the uh, Vic Health Executive Manager programs. Uh, Kristen Corbin said it was encouraging to see councils create environments that promotes walking and riding for both transport and recreation. And uh, I'll just read you this quote. Since the coronavirus pandemic began, it's been fantastic to see Victorian councils like City of Moreland, City of Yarra, City of Melbourne and City of Greater Bendigo make changes so it's easy for residents and commuters to walk, ride or scoot around their communities for the enjoyment during the lockdown and travel for when uh, the restrictions allow. And it uh, goes into a bit more about, you know, we've got stage three out in the regions and uh, people are changing their behaviour. Now back on to people changing their behaviour and uh, things happening. The City of Melbourne have um, making the little streets in the CBD, you know, Flinders Lane, Little Collins, Little Burke, Little Lonsdale, 20 kilometres per hour and pedestrian right away. This has been a move that's been um, 
mentioned for a while, but it's finally starting to happen. These streets will become shared zones and people will be able to spread out. No more near misses in Chinatown on a Saturday night and no more overcrowding on the footpaths on over these east-west streets. So basically, this is bringing forward the City of Melbourne Transport Strategy 2030 and implements uh, a pre-COVID uh, Greens policy tool. So uh, it's, it's very fascinating. If you go to melbourne.vic.gov.au, goes into a bit more about that. And uh, after the break, I'm going to be speaking to Zoe McMaster about SUSTRANS, about uh, real world uh, sustainability, environmental issues, and how what they're doing in the UK to get those kind of those uh, things working between uh, government and councils, or over there it's boroughs. And uh, things we probably need to do here if we are going to move uh, safely around our cities. Do you need to renew your subscription? Make a donation. Or pass on some information to a programmer. We can't get to the phone all the time right now, but we're still here. You can call us on 03 94198377. Each weekday between 1 and 5pm and talk to a staff member. That's 03 9419 3CR Community Radio, here to stay. My name is Zoe McMaster. I'm originally from Queensland and I've got a background in psychology and environmental behaviour change work. I've recently been working in London for a charity called Sustrans, which is one of the largest sustainable transport charities in the UK. And I've been working on a program over there called the Healthy Streets Program, uh, which is the first of its kind in the UK uh, and in the world. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a behaviour change, human focused program to support walking and cycling initiatives across London. So as in behaviour change, you're working across a couple of agencies, trying to focus, what, what's the end result of that? So we'll see if we can um, kind of describe the process of what you're involved with. Yeah, so uh, it's a it's kind of a flagship project and that's kind of run between three different uh, I guess stakeholders you'd say it's delivered by Sustrans which is quite a well-regarded charity in the in the walking and cycling space in the UK um, it's funded by Transport for London which is the um, local government body that manages obviously all the transport projects and public transport initiatives in London uh, and it works between Transport for London, Sustrans and local councils. So in London, there's 33 boroughs and each borough's got responsible for approximately, you know, 300-ish thousand citizens, residents. And it works across those three sectors to deliver a Healthy Streets program of work. So the Healthy Streets indicators and the Healthy Streets policy is a is a world-class public health health um, policy that was developed by Lucy Saunders. So she was a public health specialist and transport planner, and it's being it's being run by TfL, and they were really finding that you know it's it's a very um, infrastructure-led approach, and they needed 
they needed some more soft measure support and behaviour change support um, within boroughs and the, and the councils needed, you know, that extra buy-in. And so between Sustrans, Transport for London uh, and the boroughs, we there's a team of 18 of us that work in every local authority in London to um, implement and support um, a range of measures around walking and cycling. So that's kind of, I'm just trying to think, fit it into some analogy we have here in Victoria because uh, uh, the, the interagency's work here is, oh, no, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, um, a repeating record for me, which is, you know, Vic Roads doesn't really communicate well with the councils, and there's probably people who work in councils are nodding their head furiously. Uh, mm-hmm. And the only thing I could really put into an analogy with is in councils you have a sustainable transport officer. So something like that plus, yeah. plus 10 to the power of 10, I should say. Yeah, so I guess I guess um, boroughs have that as well. Like boroughs are funded, a large part of their sustainable transport funding comes from Transport for London, um, and they all have, uh, you know, some boroughs have might have one or two sustainable transport officers. Some might have ten, um, but it's often those inner city boroughs that tend to, uh, you know, have more staff that work on that, have more funding, therefore that comes their way. And there's there was this real kind of imbalance across London when it came to this, you know, London-wide approach of, of getting London streets cleaner and getting more people out and about on bikes and cycling and walking. And I think um, by by getting Sustrans involved, uh, and they put out a bid and Sustrans won the bid um, last year, they were able to have this really, um, really well-recognised um, charity that's already got a really great working relationship with councils to come in and work kind of in between and be that that extra support and, you know, that voice between Transport for London and the boroughs um, yeah. at no cost to the boroughs. Because this is, this is a fascinating mix of, um, you know, skills and agencies working across to you know, inform people what, what, what basically what their transport options are, what they can do. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because we've got, again, in Victoria, I'm just trying to, you know, make, kind of pull your information back to something that people can kind of interest here yeah, of course. is we have councils trying to implement things like um, safe active transport things at the moment because of COVID-19 and uh, the useful you know, absolute pressing need especially in the inner suburbs here for uh, safe space or you know, physical distancing and they're on their own and they're expected mm. to do the whole model they're supposed to do the awareness the infrastructure and the ongoing and it's a lot to ask of yeah of a standalone model what you're talking about what you're working in within sustrans where it's that these agencies like our transport for london and sustrans and the local borough which is the you know or, you know think of our shire or council have a have an officer who sits there in between and coordinates this yeah, and it's it is really a, a fantastic example of that you know collaboration across those three different sectors and also across boroughs. I mean, like you said, that you know councils and cities around the world at the moment are being asked to really pull their weight and um, and you know deliver these really fast, rapid changes um, in their street space. And a lot of them aren't being given that support or being given that know-how of how to how to do that, and how to monitor it, and how to do both the soft and the hard measures. And as we know, you can put in as much fast um, you know infrastructure as you want, but unless you have 
people on the ground that know how to speak with the community and people that know how to speak with the council and people that know how to speak at all levels, it really means that a lot of that, you know, that infrastructure doesn't get used or there's faults in it. And I think by getting a, a specifically the behaviour change team we work in within SUSTRANS, which has years and years and years of expertise in, um, you know, engaging with communities and working with grassroots projects all the way up to policy level groups. It, it's really a great example of how you can you can have change that works between the three different um, groups at all levels and really make some on the ground changes without just, you know, demanding change and not putting in place people that with the know-how to, to roll it out. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. The Healthy Streets program, like I said, it came out of a... Uh, from a, a public health specialist, Lucy Saunders, who I guess was was trying, was finding all these common threads in a lot of the issues that cities around the world are facing, whether it be quality of life, congestion, cost of living, um, climate change, public health costs. And the one thing that was really tying all of these um, together was the way that we manage um, our motorised road transport um, and the way that we manage public spaces in these places. And so instead of it being a public health issue, it really became as well, you know, a transport issue. And so it was integrated and taken on by, she's worked with TFL and they um, essentially put out a call to, they, they'd implemented this healthy streets program and policies within their, within TFL and they needed some people on the ground to, to be working with these boroughs to deliver these principles. So the healthy streets principles themselves, there's 10 indicators and, they are, you know, design indicators, but the work that we did as Healthy Streets officers within the boroughs encompassed a lot more than just infrastructure and design. We worked um, on quite a few different work streams. We looked at things like um, school accreditation, sustainable travel schemes. So London has um, a scheme called STARS, which is a sustainable travel accreditation scheme across London that's run by TFL um, that essentially is um, a way for schools to measure and report on their active travel and how they're they're faring against other schools there's we, we supported a lot of school streets and especially with um, covid response there's been a huge increase in the amount of school streets that are being rolled out across uh, london so those are um, timed closures at the start and end of the school day to close off road traffic for walking and cycling uh, so we had a lot to do with engagement um, strategies and and the rollout of those. We worked on cycle training. Um, London, TfL provides free cycle training for every borough in London, uh, which is a great initiative, you know, to get people out and about learning to how to ride a bike. Um, and we worked on monitoring and reporting and integration um, with new infrastructure around cycle training. We looked at events uh, from national events like World Car Free Day to borough-led events. Uh, and then um, a lot of work recently on street space changes. London's obviously had a huge change of speed with 
their push for safe space and cycling and walking space um, after COVID. And they've had a lot of money funneled into really progressive um, changes. And we were working, the Healthy Streets Officers Program was working really hard with all the councils to make sure that their funding proposals for that, for that grant was ambitious enough and also that there was some really you know progressive and great changes in the street space in those boroughs yeah because um, yeah we're, we're talking like a central area of london because people think london is you know they think about the city mile or something you're talking about boroughs further out south west east that's yeah so i'm talking about like greater london so the the entire i I mean, there's, I think, something like 10 million plus people in London and 33 boroughs. So that covers, you know, way out past Heathrow. And it's it's definitely not just um, City of London. Yeah. And I think when people think about, especially walking and cycling infrastructure um, examples from the UK, they do tend to think of those inner city London suburbs and areas. But there's some really fantastic work being done in the outer London boroughs. I mean, Waltham Forest, where I worked, is one of the leading leading boroughs in terms of walking and cycling infrastructure they have a mini holland scheme that was put in place there a few years ago and they've just you know come leaps and bounds ahead in terms of their they've got hundreds of modal filters cycle hangers segregated cycle paths you know um there's some really great stuff being done in outer london and and the healthy streets program really tied that together because it shared that knowledge from by having a team of 18 of us that worked for Sustrans and sat across London, we were able to share that knowledge from the great stuff going on in outer London to the great stuff going on in inner London. And yeah, it was a really, it's a really fantastic way to, to knowledge share across boroughs and across councils. If you're wrestling with feelings of anxiety, worry and depression, or finding the current social isolation measures hard to deal with, we would like to encourage you to call Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are seeking information about mental health or mental health services or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. If you feel it would be helpful to talk to someone about these issues during this difficult period, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 111 500. That's 1300 111 500. Wellways supports 3CR. The Healthy Streets program is, you know, fantastic because it's a delivery focus, but it's also working a lot you know, within changing perceptions within council and within TFL and um, a lot of people management stuff. And I think one of the great um, things is that we're able to um, support a lot of grassroots projects that were in those in those councils and in those um, boroughs that didn't have much scope beyond that borough. And, you know, London is such a monster city. It's, it's really difficult to, you know, get your, as a, you know, small cycling group or as a, small walking business or whatever to get your name out there and there was a fantastic um, project called um, Tribe Before You Bike which is run by a small organisation that has sort of started up in six or so boroughs and through the Healthy Streets program they were able to extend out to over 16 or 17 boroughs now in London. 
and it's all about affordable cycle purchase and essentially learning how to ride a bike and and purchase a bike without the you know the out of pocket costs and um, cycle training and it's just a really great community focused organization that was able to spread with the help of the project officers the healthy streets officers and extend on their comms and their monitoring and yeah so it's like someone wants to purchase a bike and again I can bring the analogy in here about cars with cars when you buy a car there's a whole series of management systems that sit on the top of that and I don't necessarily you going walking into a car yard buying a car I'm talking about when you drive it but when mm. you go to buy a bike it, it, it can be really confusing because uh, what do you have do you have a commuter sport payload yeah the sort of things the project helped people out with what what was their needs yeah i think it's i think it's also yeah i mean that specific project really was you know demystifying the whole process of of going to a bike shop and having to know what kind of bike you want and what you want to use it for and you haven't ridden a bike before you have and and you know step people through that um process and in an affordable kind of monthly payment system so that itself was already um like i said running without the healthy streets program but we were able to extend on that because the program i mean the healthy streets focus is really on it cycling and and walking and livable places and livable cities being for everybody and not just for a cyclist or not just for the commuter or not just for this kind of picture that a lot of people have of, of a cyclist in their head and I think uh, the the healthy streets officers you know we came from a range of different backgrounds and you've got people that worked in psychology like myself you've got engineers you've got public health people and it really was about making London and giving projects and boroughs scope to create the kind of livable neighborhoods and places they wanted and make cycling and walking just you know just the easiest way to get around and the healthiest way to get around it and demystifying a lot of the the cycling um kind of notions that are out there especially in these inner city in the london um, suburbs Sustrans really um, has a culture of, you know, it's just the the healthiest way to get around for everybody and the healthiest way to live in a city. And it, it creates healthy cities, it creates a healthy planet. And I think the healthy street indicators, which are these design indicators traditionally, um, when you have people that are out there working with this, this knowledge of these indicators, plus the knowledge of, you know, this is just the the best way for a city to function and the most equitable way for a city to function. Um, you get some really great grassroots behavior change work that comes out of it and you you end up, you know, you have these these boroughs that are doing really well. They have, you know, all women Muslim cycling groups and they have, you know, these grassroots try before you bike projects and they have community led parklets and, you know, it really it comes back to just being for the people and about people and not about the transport. Friday the 11th of September is National Walk Safely to School Day. During COVID-19, we need to support children who are learning from home. No matter where they are, children need to be physically fit to be mentally fit. It's a great reminder to all children and adults that walking regularly is the best exercise. So put your feet first and walk plenty in 2020. And remember, 
Active Kids Are Smarter Kids. Find us on walk.com.au, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Walk Safely to School Day is a 3CR supporter. That's the thing about, um, again, a, uh, a shift in people's thinking, because there's been this push since Second World War, or whatever point you want to put on it, is that tra- um, transport is pushed back to the individual, mm. and therefore the car is seen as the prime way for people to get around in their cities, and it's forgetting the point that there's a lot of costs sh- you know, sheeted back to the individual for owning, uh, operating a car. There's reasons why people, you know, need a car, but again, it's this isn't shutting down that conversation about owning a car. It's about opening up the options you can have and a cheaper option to get around. I definitely think that's the kind of conversation that needs to be, you know, happening in Australia because you know in London car ownership um, is a lot lower than in other places because of the way that London is designed and because their public health public transport system, sorry, is you know, so booming. And I think that's why with COVID they've had such a incredible um, response and they've, you know, they've seen skyrocketing levels of cycling and walking in these, you know, livable neighbourhoods and 20 minute, you know, areas that, that we just haven't seen in Australia because, you know, the way that our cities were designed and the way that, you know, we, we think about driving and the way that we think about cycling. And I think, if we can adopt, if cities can adopt this kind of these healthy streets indicators and this kind of policy level um, thinking, it really takes away from the mode of transport to just become about people's health and the planet's health. And um, and London's yeah, just coming you know leaps and bounds ahead since since the shutdown because yeah, they you know most of them travel around on public transport. They can't do that with social distancing and they're just seeing these you know entire entire areas in London opening up to foot traffic that have never been opened before and people are loving it and people don't know why they don't have to be you know a mad keen cyclist to know that it's better for them and it's better for their health. How can people find out more about this SusTrans model? I think um, if, if people are interested in their healthy street program um, check out the SusTrans website there's some information about the Healthy Streets program on there um, the Healthy Streets offices program gonna say and then just for Healthy Streets in general I mean uh, TFL's adopted it and there's a lot of great information and resources on the TFL website and on um, the healthystreets.com website that's um, yeah founded by Lucy Saunders so um, getting in touch with Lucy, get, you can get in touch with myself on LinkedIn or something. And there's some really great resources out there around healthy streets and the work Softstrands are doing. To enable change, we need to show broad community support. Show your support for walking and cycling in the city of Yarra by appearing as a champion on the Streets Alive website, representing your local street, neighbourhood or school. It's fast, free and simple. Learn more at streets-alive-yarra.org. A 3CR supporter.
this week's Yarra Bicycle User Group radio program should be podcast soon on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast or go to yarrabug.org forward slash radio. If you want to find additional details of what we discussed today, these podcasts are produced at Melbourne's activist radio station 3CR. Presenters are all volunteers and 3CR's existence depends upon the financial support of our listeners. Go to 3cr.org.au, click on the support tab and select either donate, subscribe, shop or fundraisers. Your subscription or donation keeps 3CR on air. Bicycle and ride Neat the sunny skies over along the ocean side. 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. To find out more, Google Vacro or drop into the underground car park. Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. Yeah, get on that bicycle and ride. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.